if those children, different children now for next generations or the, the next, the following generations, uh, live a more and you know open-minded lifestyle where they see those differences and they understand that the differences are normal and are educated to transit in a positive way through those differences. And then that's how I think they will be able to improve humanity. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Digital Nomads Daily Podcast. Today, I have a world citizen on the podcast. Marcus, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Nina. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thanks. I'm really excited uh, for this because, one, it's so important uh, what you do and how you help families. Um, but it's also really cool that you are a world citizen. Um, so I would love to ask a couple of questions for our audience so they can get to know you a little bit. My first question is, how long have you been nomading? Well, the past six years, I've been traveling a lot. I wouldn't call it nomading. I would say nomading really uh, in the past uh, year. Okay. Um, but um, it was almost like nomading because I was based in Montreal in Canada, but I was going everywhere, a lot of Central America, uh, uh, many places in the US, Europe, South America. I, I could just not stay still. Uh, and I realized that's the lifestyle that I wanted to live uh, on the long run. Cool. And where are you from? I was born in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And then I was raised between Brazil, France, United States, and Canada. <laughs> so I kept moving um between these countries for different reasons um moved with my parents to uh, france where i would stand and then um went to live abroad in the us moved to brazil for a few years uh, moved back to the us moved back to france <laughs> moved back to brazil and then i ended up in canada about 12 years ago cool. um, and, uh, from there i just kept traveling so you've kind of maybe without calling it nomading, you've been like moving around a lot already. So you're like an experienced world mover. <laughs> yes. The question people ask me a lot is like, where are you from? And, uh, you know, I have kind of a Brazilian accent, but sometimes people think I'm French because I also have a French accent. They don't know French is my second language, but I don't really identify myself with a specific country, which is kind of weird. Uh, people are very proud of their countries and the places they lived. And uh, I'm proud of different places for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I was very proud of Canada for specific reasons. I was very proud of Brazil for specific reasons and so on and so forth. Uh, but I don't feel like I belong anywhere. Yeah, I, I relate to that. I like how you put it because it's people always ask they also they hear an accent sort of guessing like I have a bit of a Dutch accent I wouldn't want to live in the Netherlands I'm not I don't miss the Netherlands I'm like now I'm in Brazil I I love Brazil like I yeah like maybe I'm partly Brazilian now too you know (laughs) you accumulate also things from different cultures and that really shapes you as a person so then the country where you maybe were born is so different are the people that are behaving and thinking already so different because you yeah accumulated like different 
snippets of cultures. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's two things that happen with me when I keep traveling. One is I get somewhere I'm like, oh, I love this place. I'll totally stay here for longer, right? Like, and I, I'm sure you have this feeling about Brazil now, which most foreigners do. Uh, but then <laughs> don't want to, you know, destroy your dream when you face reality on a day to day. You're like, ah, it's not that fun, not that easy. Uh, and one of the reasons why I didn't want to stay in Brazil. Um, but I always when I go back to Brazil, I'm like, oh, I love it. Last time I was there a few months ago, I'm like, oh, you know, I will totally buy another property here or something like that. But I did that with Nicaragua. I did that with Florida. <laughs> I did that with Canada, you know, and I keep doing it. And now Portugal. Uh, but it's still, you know, I don't really uh, think I, I really want to settle anywhere, at least for now. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. All right. So what do you do in a day? Like, how do you make a living? So I'm an entrepreneur. Um, the past uh, 12, 13 years, I've been launching companies, mostly in tech. And now I'm a co-founder at Boundless Life. So I'm helping the team to grow this amazing project. And that's how I've been making a living right now. That's so cool. Could you tell our audience more about Boundless Life. Like, what is it? What is the purpose? And also, like, the bigger vision for the nomadic community? Yeah, so Boundless Life is a mission-driven project, uh, you know, very much. Uh, what we are doing is we are building a structure that we believe is the ideal structure to raise children. So these children are well-prepared for the future and make a difference and the way we see that is by combining traveling with superior education uh future ready education progressive education you know you can describe it in, in many different ways um, and if we are able to do that and that's based on a lot of uh, the the founders life experiences uh, we owe immigrants uh, world travelers believe in a different type of education than the traditional one and we saw what it what difference it made in our own lives yeah and being entrepreneurs um coming from tech most of us um seeing where we we imagine the world is going and what it's needed to not only adapt to this new realities but also contribute in a positive way we figured that um, our own experience gave us a, a competitive advantage in this way that we want to help democratize for everybody that's cool could you elaborate a little bit more on the education part i believe it was a finnish project-based type of education well you should explain it <laughs> Yes. And, and just before, because you asked me what Boundless Life is, I, I talked about the mission, right? But I didn't really explain how we're doing this. Um, we are creating a network of communities around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and those communities, in those communities, we provide housing, we're providing education, we're providing co-working space, we're providing um, communal events, and we're building a strong community. The difference between that and uh, other types of communities that our, our goal is to be as integrated as possible within that destination, mm -hmm. right? We're not 
with Anna building gated communities. Uh, we are getting uh, buildings, apartments, houses within the historical center, most mostly of uh, very unique places, so that we can provide a unique experience, but also live the local life. And every at the core of everything we do is education. Right, as I was explaining, education is very related to our mission. And we have an amazing co-founder with a lot of experience building alternative education centers and launching ed tech companies, Rekha Magon. And uh, she works with her team uh, creating a curriculum that is the first curriculum specifically adapted to nomad children. Mm-hmm. So before starting that, the, her team and herself and us had to think, okay, what would be needed for our children to receive this superior education we want to provide while traveling? And then she looked into different education systems out there uh, to analyze which ones we could leverage. We're not creating most of what we're doing. We're not creating from scratch. We are taking the best of the best and then putting it together and then adapting it to that nomadic lifestyle. So basically, the curriculum, instead of following a 10, 12-month curriculum, uh, it's project-based, as you said, and follow uh, our cohorts, which have on average three months. And then within those three months, the children can um, work on quests, what we call quests, those projects Mm -hmm. that leverage the UN sustainability challenges, uh, and then start and finish a project uh, that is very entrepreneurial as well. It's very culture-based. Uh, it's also leverage a lot of uh, practical aspects, uh, experiential learning, sensory learning. It's very outdoorsy. And the idea is, okay, so if we have to have the students helping solve a problem of humanity, how would they do in this local environment, in this culture that they are experiencing here? So there are every week or every 10 days, of sites, um, discovering the local culture, and then leveraging that to solve that problem. But through this project, they also learning, of course, the core academics. We are creating and developing an education system that will enable that child to like, live the way they want. The goal is to raise children to have more fulfilling lives. So would be very adapted if they want to become entrepreneurs which we believe a lot and we think everybody should learn about entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. But if they want to have a nine to five, of course, they are developing skills and, you know, developing their personality traits in a way that they can excel in anything they choose. But also if they want to go to a Ivy League, what would that require? So everything, all of that, those uh, aspects are, are being thought through so that we can accommodate the needs and the aspirations of most children and parents. It's so interesting. So interesting. And what type of families would typically join Boundless Life? Yeah, it's a good question. And we have tried to map the the personas. We are right maybe 70% of the time, but we also see that there is a very different different profiles that are joining. Uh, and we try to accommodate that, uh, the, the, the structure of what we're providing to those different profiles. So early adopters, of course, were already most of them nomads. 
people that have been traveling the world and were with their children, right? Because it's important to do detail um, our service specifically targeting families with children, which is uh, one of the first ones doing that at scale. So uh, existing digital nomads uh, were the, the early adopters, people that already have their children in alternative education systems and are looking for a more culture-based experience. Uh, these are often entrepreneurs, consultants, people that have been working remotely or just figure out they could work remotely. Because then you have those first-timers as well, people that have not done that yet, but because we present it in a way that we are streamlining this lifestyle and making very easy for anybody to do it, because basically all the family needs to do is to get their airplane tickets and buy their food when they are on site. Everything else is really thought through and organized for them. We're giving people freedom to do and live the way they want, right? If they don't want to be doing all the community events, they don't have to. They have their own apartment, they have their privacy. But we see that, you know, because especially the children connect so fast and parents love seeing that, of course, and then parents connect. Mm -hmm. This is probably one of the strongest value propositions is how fast people create strong connections when they go uh, experience that in a place together. So, so yeah, sorry, I, I keep going. I can't go for hours like that, but I, I mean, it's fine. You see, I'm I smiling. Love, yeah. I really love, love this. And actually something, something I want to touch on is the digital nomad lifestyle itself is pretty overwhelming, right? Like whether you're with kids or maybe pets, like three dogs, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's pretty overwhelming to take care of your whole life over and over again. And I think that there's this generation of new nomads that probably underestimate that a little bit because they see this picture on Instagram and they're like, this is the life I want to do and live. But then they don't realize that, you, you know, you have to sustain yourself very well. You know, you need to find community. So you also need to go out there a little bit. Like there's so many things you need to take care of. And one of the things that I can imagine with a family, you have also responsibility for other human beings. So I think it's very beautiful that you take away the practical struggle kind of of this lifestyle, but also the emotional struggle of, yeah, finding also kids that understand that you live a different life, but you relate right away because you're all in the same same situation. Um, so I think that's very, very beautiful. And I was speaking with one of the people that's Rowena, she's like joining, right? And this is the connection with the parents. This is something that she really liked. It's really cool. Yeah. And and a lot of cool people, a lot of, I don't get to meet everybody, but I, I get to meet many of them. And I'm proud to say that, you know, the, the, the families join are, are awesome. Um, I interview some of them uh, for our own podcast, mm -hmm. Balance Conversations, uh, just because their life story is so amazing that we want to share with other people to answer the question you had before that I had forgot when I was talking, <laughs> which was like, what kind of people join us, right? So it's a lot of entrepreneurs, consultants, um, people that are taking a break and trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Uh, we have investors. We have... Uh, a lot of people in wellness, a lot of cool people with different paths uh, that get together and really enjoy hanging out with each other, right? 
Um, but yes, it's uh, it's n- not. I mean, ballast life makes it much easier, um, but it's it's not an easy thing. And I hear a lot of families um, discussing about the fact that are we doing the right thing for our kids? Mm-hmm. Most of the ones, I mean, I think all of the ones I spoke with at Boundless are confident that they are. And one thing you see is that the the decision of staying in boundless for another cohort or buying a package for a, a later date comes from the children. And, uh, and there was an article that came out recently uh, about us and uh, one of the families gave a testimonial uh, talking about that, about the, the challenges that the kids face by keep moving and how they present that to the children. And, you know, this stress is adaptation. So they are learning a skill that is very important, especially for uncertain futures in the future, right? And we don't know what's coming next. So being able to adapt, being able to relate to others and feel comfortable with the unknown, uh, with the discomfort, being comfort in discomfort, yeah. right? Uh, it's, uh, it's important. It's, it's not easy. You know, I, I moved homes five times in the past six months and when i tell my wife hey let's move and you know we need to move because whatever i test the houses of boundless life and then (laughs) and then we rent them so i need to leave and go somewhere else and she's like oh really we need to pack again you know it's like a day or half a day just to figure out things but yeah it's 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 not easy it's not always you know, uh, as charming as it seems. There's a lot of challenges. One of the challenges is adapting to work schedules. When you're going to work, you get to a place and this place has a routine. This place has activities. This place has a community. Now I want to adapt or I want to try it out and visit new monuments or I want to go mm-hmm. and try this beach. And I feel formal. Yeah. yeah very often about uh, doing it, not doing the stuff I would like to be doing those amazing places. But that's also the thing, right? Like, I feel like discipline is just so extremely important in this lifestyle because, yeah, like, I mean, I surf too, so I, I get you on the waves. And it's like, you want to have the fun, but you still need to get work done. So also maybe the, um, something that I experience now is that it's been raining quite a bit. So on all the rainy days, I'm like working my ass off because then when sun is out, I can go to the beach or relax. So my work schedule is basically like it depends on how the weather is or and that's is that's very different for for a lot of people and I think one of the things I wanted to touch on what I also love for the kids is that they get exposure to different cultures in a very positive safe uplifting environment like I moved abroad for my studies and I met this guy from Argentina and he was talking about how his day looks like and for me that was that was a different world. I didn't know that a train could not show up. Like <laughs> stuff like that was not because in the Netherlands, the train shows up. And if it's two minutes late, everyone gets mad. So mm-hmm. I wish I had that experience earlier on in my life. Aside from that, it's good for the parents. Like I feel like you're giving a life-changing experience for kids to maybe to maybe raise like open-minded children that are worldly, that are not like looking at cultures as in scary or it's wrong, but but just accept as it is and have very positive viewpoints. Maybe you you guys there at Boundless Life have world leaders there, like future world leaders. 
And that's that's very, very cool. Like that's how how I hear it is. I'm like, wow, it's amazing. If I have kids, I want to join. (laughs) Well, that's, uh, that's our goal. That's our, our mission. And, and that's really how we think we can have a real impact on humanity. You know, we're trying to do all those activities and, and supporting different causes as of now, but change requires time. Yeah. You know, um, very often with my parents, I had this debate of, okay, what would require Brazil to get to the level it needs to get, take into consideration Brazil is such a rich place but things don't work. And then we, the, and the conclusion was always education. Okay, so what would require for everybody to get good education? Well, we required that, you know, we changed some of the, the, the social system uh, and we build more schools and, okay, but how long would that really take? Because many of these students already have been traumatized. Yeah. And for them to recover from those traumas, uh, maybe it's gonna take another generation. Because they were raised being beat up by police or if they were rich, bribing police. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going to change too much. You're going to always keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah. Now, if the students, different children now for next generations or the, the next, the following generations, uh, live a more and you know open-minded lifestyle where they see those differences and they understand that the differences are normal and are educated to transit in a positive way through those differences. And then that's how I think they will be able to improve humanity. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. That's beautiful. I feel like we can keep talking on this for hours, but obviously we also want to respect the time of our listeners. But first of all, I really want to thank you for hopping on today. Like this was such a beautiful conversation. And I also love that we talk about the future of of the kids and nomad kids. Um, So if you are a parent and you want to live this lifestyle or you have questions, uh, go to their website, check it out. Um, I think it's it's really cool. Yeah, just keep doing this amazing work. Like it's so beautiful. (laughs) I almost got emotional. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Nina. I, I appreciate your support very much. Definitely. Ooh, uh, before I forget, I always ask my guests if they have one question for me. So do you have a question? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you know, we, we touched on that, but I wanted to get your vision of it, personal opinion about why you believe a nomadic lifestyle it's important for humanity and why you have personally embraced it for where you're coming from and how it happened within your life. Beautiful. Yeah. So for me, like I said, like I went abroad for studies and that wasn't for me because I, I wasn't doing like an education program where that was normal. So once I entered the bachelor's, um, I could finally go abroad. I didn't speak English at the time. So it was extremely difficult. This is quite a while ago already. Um, So eight years ago, I think seven, eight years ago, I didn't speak English and I still went abroad. um, And it was an eye opener because I learned how people thought about what time we have dinner to what does it mean to go to school to what does it mean to provide for yourself and your family? Like, for me, this this world opened up and I was like, I, I want to be part of this tribe. But that was just studying abroad. So I kept studying abroad. 
And then I think another life-changing moment was when I lived in the Philippines. I was in a tech startup. Um, I, my team was Filipino and my communication style was very straightforward and unfiltered and very Dutch. And that was just too rough for, for my Filipino team. Like they didn't appreciate that. So I had to learn that I had to adjust my communication style and also that my communication style is not better than anyone else's. Like it, So that was eye-opening. And then from that, I slowly met digital nomads as I was traveling and moving, uh, going to Bali. And then I was like, I want to keep living this life. And like I said, like I think if if I would have kids, I would want them to be abroad. I would want them to meet people from different cultures and you know, learn different foods and languages and and normalize that we are just all human beings. And it really doesn't matter where your skin color is, where your accent is, like where you're from, like, does that even really matter? So I really believe in this, that the world is changing into a, in one world and that people that have been less fortunate now have more uh, opportunities because we're like globalizing. And I love this. I, I absolutely love this. So I, I believe that also this lifestyle really made me a better person. I do think I have a more healthy view of the world and of people and cultures and beliefs than perhaps people that have always stuck, have been in their own bubble and never went out of their bubble. So, <laughs> you know, I totally relate to your issue with uh, communication style and I, I've, I've, I have it, I still have it. And I, I had it in different uh, places I've been. Uh, because my background is Brazilian, but Portuguese and German, which are two very aggressive and direct uh, <laughs> communication styles. My grandparents were both militaries. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so it was just, you know, straightforward. And, you know, an order was just not an order, it was just uh, a request that sounded yeah. like an order. No discussion. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming today. I'm going to add uh, all the links into the show notes. So for everyone that's listening right now, if you go to digitalnomadsdaily.com forward slash podcast, you will find the episode there and all the links. I, I really loved it. I will also put your LinkedIn in there if people want to connect with you uh, sure. and with your co-founder Mauro. And thanks so much for coming today. Thank you. It was a great pleasure. I hope we have uh, the opportunity of having other conversations in the, in the future. I'm sure we will. <laughs>